Hello and welcome to the first issue club comic book podcast. We are here amidst COVID. You're done with COVID. We're done with COVID. We're here. We're your reading book. You're, we, we are your reading comic book uh, friendly faces. <laughs> I intentionally messed this up for you guys just to sure. make it good. Sure. Yeah, cool. Totally. Just, you, you heard, I'll edit the episode. You're like, all right, let's just Let's just go with it. Um, we are your weekly comic book podcast where we help lead you through the muddy and sometimes murky waters that is the comic book landscape. We're a reading club. We reread first issues every week. And uh, comic books are currently not getting published. New ones aren't coming out. Our format is number ones, so we're dipping back into different places, and this week we are reading Old Haunts from AWA and Friday from the Panel Syndicate, which is an awesome digital comic book uh, release. Anyway, those are the comic books we're we're doing. You can get them online. Uh, You can pay what you want for Friday, and Old Haunts is free, so join us, read these comic books, dip into them. Before we get started, we're going to do a couple of different things, but who do I have in the club with me today? Me, Greg. Me, Caitlin. And I'm Mike D. The whole club is here, babies. They're all they're all here enjoying comic books and enjoying uh, the weather and uh, enjoying our company and in your ears. Uh, so DC is coming back <laughs> next. You're week. really taking a stroll here <laughs> through this intro. I'm loving it. All right, DC is printing comic books without diamond they're gonna go direct to stores they're gonna make comic books and that is fucking crazy (laughs) yeah what do you think of all that i don't know what to think about it it seems history making one i'm not sure where they're sending comics to like grocery stores like where else is open i don't know i read some things on twitter that some comic book shops aren't gonna buy them unless it comes from diamond also, like, Diamond said that they were going to release them, and then DC was like, nah, we are. There, there's, I like, some confusion. Just, yeah, there's flexing on both sides of just, like, who's going to make the first move. And I think it's DC trying to prove that they can do it without Diamond to maybe renegotiate with Diamond. Yeah. Or maybe they're just like, you know what, we don't need you. I mean, like, bottom line, DC doesn't like Diamond, right? They're not a fan. They just, ha- they just use them because they're a means to an end. Nobody likes Diamond. Yeah, it's a means to an end. They're, they've been forced to use them at the same time i don't like how dc is maybe leveraging the pandemic for this like diamond came out with a statement that was like listen that's great we welcome dc releasing comic books however they want to release comics and we look forward to working with them in any capacity as we proceed further but right now we're concerned with comic shops that aren't open and the health and safety of people delivering these things for that reason we're not going to be shipping comics next week but dc is like that's kind of a bad look on dc right i don't know it sounds like corporate jargon to me dc maybe it is dc made the first move and so now diamond can like sit back and go hey we're just doing it for safety's sake you know like we we don't want to put anything out because people might get sick and like so now they can like react to dc's overreaction well, Diamond has no other reason to sit back and not distribute other than valid concerns that the industry is right. going to hurt well, because of they're this. just following the, the, the norm of all companies right now. Right. Well, it, and, so, but, I, and I think DC should, too. Well, no, I mean, I think there's two arguments to be made. One is that 
Diamond is like, hey, in our distribution headquarters and people giving these out, we can't have our people working. Or they're just like, hey, comic books aren't comic book shops aren't open, so let's not send them product because we don't want to do it. And DC's like, no, you don't get to make that decision. Like we get to make the decision of when comic books get put out, not you. You're just the fucking mailboy. So in some ways, DC is kind of like, if there's comic book stores open, which there are in Georgia, because they reopened. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> comic book shops and gyms, that's all that's open in Georgia right now. Yeah. <laughs> then you can, um, I think that's true that they're open in Georgia. Then you can go, you can go get some DC comic books. Or you could, I guess you could set yourself up as a distributor through DC and do some direct ordering for yourself. Which may, may now be our time to the hit while the iron's hot and start the first issue club comic book shop. Yes, totally. I think it was AWA decided they're going to do direct distribution too. Not as big as a news hit as DC, but <laughs> but I think like the the DC might be taking the charge in this. Um, let's get this podcast started. First up, we have Friday, number one, from the Panel Syndicate, which we mentioned is online, pay what you want, so read this book. It is by Ed Brubaker and Marcos Martin. Just if you don't know, Ed Brubaker writes a ton of books, crime books. He is, like, very prolific, and Marcos Martin does um, very, very stylized art. He also did Private Eye on Panel Syndicate. So, uh... Caitlin, what is Friday about? Friday is actually the name of the titular character, Friday Fitzhugh, um, which is actually a nod to the author of Harriet the Spy, and it's that kind of feel of a story. But Friday Fitzhugh has had a childhood solving crimes and discovering strange secrets with her best friend, Lance. Uh, But now she's in college. They've had a weird thing, and the crimes and the secrets are less strange than they are more sinister and dangerous. This book made me mad for a couple reasons. One reason, I can't physically own it. Yes, that is the number one reason I hate this book as well. (laughs) I want this to be on TKO, and I want it to be in a fat trade in my lap right now so I can read the whole fucking thing. I was starstruck when I read this book. I I just knocked me on my ass. It was so goddamn good. Oh, I'm so glad we agree. I could not believe how good this book was. (laughs) It was, it was like stunning. It made me, it gave me chills. What specifically? Uh, Because one, he calls it a post YA book, which is like, I I (laughs) I love that. I didn't know that was a genre, but that is my genre, I guess, if that's a genre. And this character Friday, who's coming home from college, and this is just so Ed Brubaker. He's writing a story where it's like, it's kind of just coming home from college you know which he he captures completely but then it's like she's a fucking weirdo who like solves crimes with an actual sheriff and has like really fucking weird friends so it's like kind of a crime book and it doesn't even explain how she's like basically solving these crimes or her weird town so you just jump right into it 
And I just, it, it feels like the type of coming of age story with like just bonkers rules for this world. Um, and, and it's just amazing. Like the, the artwork, this is how you make a fucking comic book. And it's crazy that this isn't printed right now. It really did remind me of like if Encyclopedia Brown's sidekick had left them and gone off to college and those detectives had stayed in their town solving these weird ass mysteries of like the never ending ticking clock or the haunted dagger of Mephisto. It's just like this town is encased in weirdness. And this person just did a very normal thing, which is go to college and then came back to this like weird cryptic town. Like usually in comic books and in stories, you stay in this perpetual lifestyle of arrested development and like constantly thinking you're tin tin, finding these mysteries all over your town. Totally. It was definitely unlike any other Ed Brubaker book I've ever read. I came I in agree. with a big time different expectation for what I was going to get. The weird fantasy vibe of the whole thing and it being YA-ish struck me as odd. <laughs> YA adjacent. I think, yeah, yeah, I think he he in in his notes too is addressing that that like he has always wanted to do something like this, but it's always been this offshoot of I'm not really that guy, so it'd be really weird for me to come out and start writing these stories. And uh, that was the thing I was going to add is it doesn't seem like a like we're discussing the plot of this. It probably doesn't seem all that different from like your lock and keys, like kids discovering strange occult things and then still having to deal with kid stuff or young adult stuff. But it doesn't it doesn't seem like a new spin on that or a new take on it. It somehow still feels vintage, which I think was part of the appeal for me. Even the typeface, like all the style and design choices made it feel like you were reading one of those books, which I think makes it even more charming. I had a little bit of a different reaction to this book. Um, I'm not going to say I didn't like it, but the way we smashed together an older adult character and the maturity that comes with her coming of age with this weird fantastical stuff just didn't mesh well for me. That's the crux of what this story is, and his whole thing is meshing those two things. So, I'm not going to like argue with you because I think you make some valid points, but what I'm I didn't think that was the crux of the story. For me, I felt like it was a, a post-YA story, first and foremost, of like a kind of crimey story that also happened to, the crime happened to be cult-esque or like slightly horror or something or historically horror in nature, but that it didn't seem to be overwhelming or dominating. What I did find disconcerting was like when she gets off the bus and she's just immediately like, I'm with the sheriff and we're solving crime. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that was weird. And I was like, what is happening? I think too, um, he puts that in a context of she's like, like Mike D said, she's very present for somebody that's in her age and stage of life. And she is realizing that she has gotten herself maybe unwittingly sucked right back in. So she's kind of going along with you saying, this is, not what I wanted to do. I just got off the train. I don't want to be roped into all his shit again. So at least there's that sort of self-awareness of what it's doing, but it's still doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and it's a weird kind of exaggerated way to say like, we've all gone off to college and then come back in that first summer, that first holiday back from college, you just kind of take a hard look at your old life and just like, I think I've outgrown most of my hometown and like some of my friends and I think that's kind of what she's realizing. She's like, I don't really want to solve these fucking crimes. And then she finds herself wrapped up in it and like getting back into her old habits. Like when she gets on the hunt with 
you know, um, what's his name? Lancelot? Yeah, yeah. Lancelot Jones. Yeah, like which is a fucking YA detective name if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I mean, I feel like but, I had that exact experience of like coming home from college and just like going over to somebody's house and they're just like, hey, what's up? And they just start playing video games. And I'm just like, oh, that's what you're still doing. Like, I'm having these experiences. Yeah. You're not living your life. We don't we don't connect anymore. And then lost friends like that. And that's like, it's a very real emotion that that he's painting that she's going through i think and it's like she keeps referencing some night that they had where everything changed and i don't know if it's like some kind of romantic link or something about a crime that they saw that they discovered something that changed their friendship but he's skirting around wanting to talk about it and she very much wants to face it head on so i'm assuming the rest of the issues are going to deal with that and you know the fallout from it I think it's going to be interesting because the whole kind of direction that it's leaning is that what they're uncovering right now is going to be too big and too dangerous for her to be able to say, no, I'm done with you. I've outgrown this. I'm sure that's kind of fun to play with. Like you have these two opposing forces and yet they're just going to have no choice but to interact in some way for a long period of time until whatever it is is done. Totally. She does this thing where it's like, oh, do your ice ball. And it's like a slingshot. It feels it, it feels like a you know a Dennis the Menace type of thing but it obviously like I think you're like as a reader being like wait a minute shouldn't she have a gun or something like like a knife but it's like no she's a fucking kid like yeah when she smokes in the end did you guys have to do a double take and be like oh yeah like she's not 12 she's probably 18 or 19 yeah (laughs) I think she's 19 I, I was like oh yeah that's what this book is it's like it's just a little past YA it, which is A. <laughs> so it's not it's not young adult, it's just adult. Post YA is A. Post YA. I, I think that why I, I think that's why it relates maybe to to us or or maybe more of like a millennial generation type thing. Because it definitely seems to elongate that period between YA and fully A. Cause there's that huge transitional point in your life where you're you don't feel like an adult at all, but by all measures and rights of age you're considered one. And I think that period was elongated for me, at least, <laughs> just because there was such a long period of time before I actually felt like I was doing adult things and had an adult lifestyle. Next up. On AWA, we have Old Haunts. In the time of COVID, AWA released a comic book for free for your digital experience to read on a, on a phone if you want, I think is how they recommend it. This is by Ollie Masters and Rob Williams. Not Robin Williams, Rob Williams. Oh boy. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Well, I, it's about dead things, and I didn't want anybody thinking. Oh my God. Uh, Robin Williams came back from the grave to bring you this new comic book about. Hey, ooh, I wrote a comic today. It's about uh, hey, about things coming back from the grave. <laughs> That's a great Robin Williams impression. Uh, Kaylin, you you got a description for? You old... have to sound exasperated and <laughs> jump around. <laughs> old haunts is three mobsters and a million crimes, bribes, and dirty deeds to get them where they are, but they are now facing retirement. Um, which is unusual for men in their line of work to be able to do. And 
It's all two of them have ever wanted. However, call it karma, closure, or revenge, you get the sense that their past is definitely coming back to haunt them and get in the way of their big plans. I've, does it give us enough to talk about? <laughs> it does. Well, uh, let's start with just the format of this. Yeah, great. That's That needs to be said. <laughs> Sounds like someone has some tea. <laughs> I've got a lot of it, too. I'm glad we saved this for the end. Um, one, thank you, AWA, for making this free. So, you know, yeah. let's, it, with free cake, you can't ever complain about free cake. This is a free comic book. Um, so free, at least we're starting with a, a C- minus for you guys. <laughs> One, you you cannot read this on anything but a, but a mobile device. Absolutely, it is it is made for a mobile device, which and, I kind of think is cool. Most people that are perusing the internet on phones, it kind of sucks to get like a large format PDF and then like zoom in, zoom out, zoom mm-hmm. in, zoom out. Even even the stuff made for Comixology that's supposed to do that itself is like too small for me to yes. read half the time. So that in that way, awesome. Good design work. I don't know if I read this comic book wrong, but as you read it, it's divided into episodes, which are like essentially four pages long. And episode two is all letters from the editor. Yeah, these were certainly out of order, and I don't think on purpose. So they... They have loaded... Okay, th- th- you're right. Okay, so they have loaded them up incorrectly, right? Like it... Right. And if you're on your phone, the link to episode four, which like ties the story together a little bit, is only viewable from some screens. <laughs> so you-, you can't always find it. So this got a little bit of like publicity of like, hey, they're doing a free comic book in, in COVID and, you know, go check it out. But, like, get your fucking website right. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, the reading experience of this was god-awful. It was I think really I'm bad. starting to realize why I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, fuck, cool. I guess letters to the editor five pages in. I'd never had that before. <laughs> I mean, I did figure that one was supposed to go at the end, but I didn't know that episodes three and four were out of order, too. I'm not sure that they if they were or not, but I know that episode three was where episode one kind of starts with like the guy throwing this shit into like the grave. Yes. Any, any time jumping when you're breaking things up into this format is just like so confusing. Let me tell you what, Ollie Masters and Rob Williams, they know they wrote a bad comic book because, and, and, (laughs) and here, and here's, and here's how I know whenever I record a bad podcast, I don't listen to it. And I just wouldn't know if there was fucking mistakes. These fuckers couldn't march their ass over to their own digital comic book and see if it was in order or not, and <laughs> and get and they get the publisher to turn it around and move it around. You know why they didn't look at it? They didn't like their own comic book. They didn't like well, this. From the notes from the authors, I would think that they liked their own work. And I don't know. Yeah. Did you did you read it? I, yeah. You're right. That's a, you know that's that's actually. I th- my favorite part was their notes. They they sounded like endearing good people. Yes, but I but I also think that if we go back to what we said about Brubaker and his notes being really endearing and then these guys being like when this gets turned into a movie it's going to be scored by so and so and some of the uh references to things that they base this off of I I think came across a little uppity to me. So that 
struck me as off halfway through the comic and kind of put a sour taste in my oh, mouth. Totally. I, I think AW, half of it. AWA, even in their like about me section, write about like, we're going to change the comic book industry and we're going to make a lot of money. And it's like, they're publishing comic books to be movies, I think is their goal. Yeah. This comic book was published to try to be a movie. Ne- that's never going to be a win for me. That doesn't really happen yeah. to be how I like to read comic books. I spent a lot of time teaching like, cinema writing classes uh not because i'm talented at that that just happened to be a fucking adjunct professor job they needed for a while this felt like all the janky ass bro uh scripts i had to read about mafia stories that were like good (laughs) good fella inspired like all the movies that they'd seen like their their version of scarface i was just like i've read this before this is like every like 20 year old dude who has a poster of like the sopranos in their dorm room's first movie script well, and see, like, I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate the idea of setting a ghost story in a city versus in a, an old country house like everybody else does. I like that. That's enough to have me intrigued. But exactly the same thing with the mobsters. Like, there's no stakes for me. They get haunted. Great. I don't care. That's not complex. Like, they've done bad things. They deserve it. Where's the intrigue in that necessarily? And that's also something like that just doesn't. It doesn't seem like it hasn't been done before. You don't want to see bad people get their comeuppance. <laughs> well, you, it just seems like wh- what what in game could there be? Like that's going to get in the way of their retirement? I don't give a fuck. There really isn't a redemption a redemption arc to any of this. Could you tell any of them apart? Also, no. That was one thing I was going to say. <laughs> the art made it really difficult for me to even know who people were. There was beardy, goatee <laughs> men. There was all it was all the old man. <laughs> An, another criticism I'll I'll pay this is that without like <laughs> without the like twenty paragraphs of explanation on how the book was inspired and what it's about from this first issue, I would have gathered none of that on my own. Where was the promise of any of this plot or the themes that they laid out? You got like a sneak preview in episode three. Oh, yeah, with the thing coming out of the grave? Yeah, so you get kind of this idea that they're being chased down by this vulture Like undead creature, monster thing. thing. They're yeah. they are good telling you what's about to happen in comic books and, and what did happen. So they're good at previewing and, and, and summarizing. <laughs> yeah, I will say I'm pretty interested into the uh, duo female cop ladies. Like the, I would, be, I would be more interested to hear about them and their story. There was two oh, cops. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they team up with the vulture. Yeah, they did something to Lopez's partner, who was also a woman. Oh, was like, got That's it. That's a okay. good storyline. I'll right, follow that. Yeah. I'm assuming they killed her. Seems like it. So too. Maybe uh, she comes back as a ghost, teams up with her old partner and the vulture. I would be into that. Maybe she's beardy, <laughs> which is fine. So, safe to say. This is one of those books that I don't recall disliking as much as I am feeling like I maybe didn't like it talking about it now. <laughs> I think well, we were so focused on trying to process what the hell it was. Yeah. I'm struggling through the format that it was like, I'm, I'm kind of the same way where the more I'm thinking about like, what was this about and how did it make me feel? Um, nothing. It was about nothing and it made me feel nothing just it, because, and a, I think a lot of that's due to the format. I don't think it's, it's maybe not fair to, judge the comic the way we're judging it with how they fed it to us yeah totally i mean i i think that it wasted my time (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> but so like in the best way possible. Harsh takes tonight. <laughs> but it like it was quick because there wasn't a lot of words, so I enjoyed that. But it's like I never get. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it wasted your time, but not much of your time. That's usually my take. Not a lot of words. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I normally don't get too mad at a first issue because it's like if it did waste. You were mad at this comic. <laughs> if it, if I've only been mad at one comic. <laughs> Shower and Was it the stand-up comedian one? Yes, yes. The Killing Joke. Um, God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> the but. The, with the first issue, you're only wasting like 20 minutes or whatever, so it's like fine. If I had to read a whole trade of this, I would be mad at it and the and the creators of it. Well, two things: no one's forcing you to read a trade ever. <laughs> and number two, to go back to your cake reference, yes, this was a free cake, but there's probably a reason why it was free. No, don't do that. I said it. I don't. I don't think there's a lot of people are doing great first issues. Yeah. Yeah. So right. that, that that's what I was gonna say is like with all the good press and stuff. I, I mean. We just read two free first issues last week and one pay what you want this week. And it's like they were gangbusters. They're just awesome. And yeah. and I felt like, oh, you know what? I've seen this post. It was going around AWA doing a thing, getting a little bit of pub for it. I bet they released a banger of a book when they couldn't actually put it into stores. Nope. Dud. <laughs> and you, you wonder if this was printed, if they would have printed it out of order as well. <laughs> There is no chance. But like and the- I really, I really feel like, honestly, it did, it did so much, it did so much a disservice. I don't know how to express that more. Like honestly, if it was just in fucking order, just maybe, the- but like three think- fourths of us would have had a better experience. Like, like think about this. You guys sometimes have to send an email out, maybe like promoting a new website or or something like that. You go to the fucking website, you make sure the links work or the picture's in the right page, and then you send it to your 300 people or 400 people that have to check it out. This went out to fucking millions of people and a whole PR release, and they couldn't put it in fucking order? They don't yeah, care you, about this. You send an all office without even checking for typos. Yeah. <laughs> this is a baby boomer hitting book. reply all. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Free cake in the, in the, in the kitchen. <laughs> Reply all. Boom. <laughs> yes. The whole egg in this cake, uncooked. It is free. You gave me a free comic book. Good job. I just clicked around AWA's site. It looks like they've there. got the other the other first issues available in the same format. All right. of them have, it looks like, well, not this one. The Resistance Episode 2 looks like it's actual comic book. but <laughs> <laughs> Instead of editor's notes out of yeah. nowhere. But, but Red Borders Chapter 2 is let a letter from the writer. Did they did they submit them and publish them on different days? But they if they all came out today, no excuse for the way that looks. Yeah. <laughs> the the other thing like have you ever heard like a newer comic book or newer podcast get up and running and they start calling their like listeners like something with the name. So it'd be like, you know, like the the Meat and Sub podcast and it's like what's up meatballs? Or something like that. Like they like try to get like a thing, you know. Or audience. Please people. tell me ADAWA is calling its people. <laughs> well, I think that the fact that they're calling their issues episodes, it's like nobody wanted that. Like nobody. I don't. I don't want that in my comic. I I watch TV. Those are episodes. They want the community to already get in the mindset that this was built for a show. They ain't gonna hoodwink me. Yeah. And and with the whole webtoons thing, like it seemed to me to be more of a serialized 
in that way. So it didn't throw me off too much to have them be called episodes. I can see but that. But it it is it is a way of kind of we're distinguishing ourselves, which may hit you wrong, may be fine. Okay, so all of them are now we're getting to the bottom of this. All of them are for mobile, so good on them for that. They obviously have a great web developer. Oh, here we go. Hotel Hell. It's the oh, second God. second episode too is the editor's notes. AWA, if you need you need somebody that just just to tell you do some UI with your website, we got yeah. some people here. This is it's actually Mike D's uh, profession. He'll do that for you, pro bono <laughs> for you for the comic book world. Uh, if you come, you come give over him two here. titles a year. Yeah, normally we we talk to comic book publishers and we say give us free stuff. Here, you guys are in such turmoil. We're offering you oh, a lim- no. limited time uh, <laughs> offer. We'll come. We'll help you fix your fucking website. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to keep this in the episode? or? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly can't tell. <laughs> I'm not trying to make friends with AWA or anything. All right, hey, yeah. I just needed to uh, get the clearance. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I'm trying to make enemies with AWA, though. <laughs> Hey, if they can't figure out a website, I'm pretty sure they can't figure out a podcast. Yeah, if they, I would like to see them come over here and ask us for help on their website, to be honest. <laughs> Let's just email them. This is one of those situations, BK, where you're offering a help that isn't wanted. <laughs> <laughs> that happens a lot, actually, <laughs> in my life. No, 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 wait, you need to let me fix your website. <laughs> you're really fucking up here. Let me come help you. <laughs> you're right. I did this with my real estate agent yesterday, too. Oh, no. Did you offer real estate help? Let me show you how to sell a house. <laughs> I did do that. Man, I mansplain <laughs> a lot, I think. I'll check myself. Hey, sorry, AWA. Well, I don't know about you. Well, your website's great. Fucking great. Hope you make a lot of money. <laughs> I would I'll, I honestly say I would recommend the resistance in Red Border. Red Border is like essentially get out, but with Mexicans hopping the border... And the guy they get picked up by is like the crazy get out horror house guy. Oh, cool. I own all of these that came out that one day. I I was like, yep, I'm going to support AWA. So don't think I don't like you, AWA. I do. Mm -hmm. I like your hustle. Just wish you had a better website. And that (laughs) is a podcast. Cut and print. This has been another episode of First Issue Club. We are a proud member of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. Our music is provided by Primary Color Music. We are recorded in KCUR Studios. You can find us, rate us, friend, and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, email, and your favorite listening platforms at First Issue Club, F-I-R-S-T.